All right, we're in a series in the book of Proverbs, and uh, the subject of, is wisdom. And uh, what we've said, just in review, is that wisdom is skill at life. A lot of people are skilled with, at things in life. You may be skilled at basketball or skilled at business or skilled at music, but wisdom is skill at life. Um, somebody also said that wisdom is godliness in street clothes. Uh, it's, it's just kind of everyday practical wisdom. What does that look like? Uh, someone else said that wisdom is knowing the right thing to do in the 80% of life situations where the rules do not directly apply. Right, so you may know the rules, but there are 80% of life situations where those rules don't directly apply. Who do I marry? What job do I take? What words do I say right here in this moment? And I think Proverbs is a really important uh, book for us to be studying right now because uh, we're living in a time in which uh, there's a new normal, right? I mean, how do you live in a pandemic? How do you uh, teach as a teacher in a pandemic? How do you lead as a pastor in a pandemic? How do you parent children in a pandemic? How do you uh, love your spouse in a pandemic? How do you uh, work uh, at a job in the middle of a pandemic? What do you do when there's a new normal where there is no script to help you navigate? Well, you need wisdom. You need wisdom for the moment. You, know the, you need to know the right thing to do when the rules don't specifically apply. What does wisdom look like? Well, we're gonna be uh, going through in the next few weeks to talk about what wisdom looks like in marriage and what wisdom looks like in parenting and what wisdom looks, at your, looks like at, at your job, what wisdom looks like with the way you use your words. But before we get to all of that, there's kind of a place where you begin. There's a place where a wisdom always begins. Um, It's kind of the the foundation of wisdom, and Proverbs uh, gives it to us right up front. He says, if you're ever going to be wise, if you're ever going to get good at marriage, parenting, and all these other things, you first need to learn how to trust God. Trusting God is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom starts with the Lord. You can learn all sorts of great tips for living, but unless you trust God, unless he is your anchor and your foundation, none of it means anything. And so... uh, Chapter 3 of Proverbs, verses 5 and 6, is a, is a set of verses about, about trusting the Lord. The question is, what does it mean to trust the Lord? Right? These verses, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Uh, they're so, they sound so beautiful. It sounds so right. You know, many of us have it memorized. Uh, many of, this kind of verse that you frame and put on your wall. But what does it mean to trust the Lord? Trust the Lord is a phrase without a definition is platitudinous. Right? What exactly does it mean to trust the Lord? And that's why these verses are so helpful. Because they give us a metaphor for what it means to trust the Lord. And I love this metaphor. He says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. If you underline things in your Bible, uh, underline the word lean. And if you don't underline things in your Bible, underline it in the person's Bible next to you. It's a really important word. This is what it means to trust. It means to lean on. It means to to rest upon. It means to rely upon. It means to put your weight on something. Right, I trust the podium and so I put my weight on it. I lean on it. I put my confidence in it. This is why uh, Martin Luther, a great uh, church, uh, a pastor in church history, he defined trust like this. He says, trust is confidence. 
And the illustration he gave is with a boat. He says, you can look at a boat and say, oh, yes, I believe it's seaworthy and I think it's going to get across the ocean, but you really don't trust the boat until you get in it, until you rest all of your weight on it, until you put all of your, your confidence in it. Trust is confidence. It is resting your entire self on something. You know, you know about this with just your friendships. You know, there are certain people that you trust, and these people that you trust, you, you lean on them. Lean on me when you're not strong, right? You lean on them. You put your weight on them. You trust them. You let them watch your kids. You let them borrow your car. You tell them your secrets because you trust them. Trust is confidence. And what the Proverbs is saying is that this is what you must do with the Lord. You must put all of your weight on him. You must lean on him. You must rest your entire life on him. This is what it means to trust. Are you doing that? Wise people are people that have learned how to trust the Lord. But let me give you three things today. Let me give you uh, three areas where you can really uh, exercise your confidence in the Lord. What does it look like to trust the Lord? Let me give you, give you three things that it might look like for you to put your confidence in him. Trusting the Lord, number one, means that you have confidence in his precepts. You have confidence in his precepts. Now, uh, th- these verses that we read today, uh, they're, in the, they're in the context of a father uh, teaching his, his son about how to live. The father is giving ethical teaching. He's giving his son precepts. Precept is a really important word in the book of Proverbs. It means a directive. It means a command or a law. Proverbs is filled with them. Uh, The the Proverbs tells you uh, precepts about how to relate to your spouse. It gives you precepts about how to relate to your your children. It gives you precepts about how to be generous with your money. It gives you precepts about how to relate to your sexuality. These are all laws. These are all precepts. These are all directives about how to live. And so the father says, I want you to obey God's precepts. And then he goes right into and trust the Lord with all of your heart. Why does he do that? It's because obedience of God's precepts always requires trust. Obeying God always requires trusting God. You will not obey God if you don't trust him. Uh, my wife sometimes will ask me, uh, she'll be trying on a dress, you know, maybe at the store, and she'll say, uh, Brent, do you like the red one or, or the black one? This is a dangerous question, by the way. Do you like the red one or the black one? And I'll say, uh, you know what, I think I like the red one. And without fail, she always gets the black one. She always gets the exact one that I say that I don't, that I don't, that I don't like the best. And why is that? It's because she doesn't trust me. She doesn't trust my fashion sense, and she probably shouldn't, honestly. But if you trust somebody, you listen to their advice. If you believe that they're competent, you will listen to what they're telling you to do. If you hire an architect, you're giving them permission to build your house, and you stay out of the way. You trust them with that. And what the the Proverbs is saying is that if you're going to obey his precepts, you've got to have confidence in him. You've got to trust that God knows what's best. God created you. He wrote the instruction manual for the human. He knows what's best for you. 
and you will obey his precepts when you trust him. Trust his precepts. Trust that he knows what's right and what is wrong. You know, we live in an age where kind of the, the, uh, the wisdom out there in the world says, you determine what is right or wrong for yourself. You know yourself. You determine for yourself what is right or wrong for you. And, it, and it's almost ludicrous to imagine in our culture someone submitting to somebody else's rules. But the proverb says, to be wise in your own eyes, that's what the, what's the Proverbs calls that, to be wise in your own eyes is foolishness. It is wisdom to trust the Lord's directives. And this is so important because sometimes the Lord's directives are easy to obey because you agree with them already. It's easy to obey the Lord's precepts when I already agree with them. Oh, yeah, I agree that being generous is a good thing. I can do that. It's easy. But it becomes hard when you don't agree with it, when, you've, when, it, when it goes against what you feel like is right. The proverb says later on that there's a way, a way that seems right unto a man but the end thereof is death. There's a lot of things that seem right to you, but they're wrong. And what the proverb says is listen to God. Trust the Lord on this one. He knows what he's talking about. Don't lean on your own understanding or your own feeling or your own sensibility. Trust God, he knows what's best. And maybe today you're at a crossroads. Maybe you are having an ethical dilemma. You've got a choice to make. And the thing that seems right is to have an adulterous affair. It feels right. It seems like the right thing to do. Proverbs would say, trust the Lord. Obey him. He knows what's best. I know what you feel like right now, but trust the Lord. Or maybe it feels right to hold on to your money. I know the Bible tells me to tithe and be generous. I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel right. The Bible says, trust the Lord and be generous. He knows what he's talking about. Trust him. He wrote the instruction manual for the human. Don't trust yourself. I love uh, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, there's something called the, the Franklin Bible. Benjamin Franklin, he, at one time, he went through the Bible, and he ripped out every page that he didn't agree with. It became a much shorter Bible. Here are the commands that I like. Here are the commands that I don't like. Here's the ones that I agree with. I'll obey them. Uh, here's the ones I don't agree with. I don't, I, I'll rip that out of the Bible. Listen, Ben Franklin ultimately trusts himself. And if God agrees with him, he'll obey. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Throw all of your weight on him. He knows what's best for you. Whatever decision you're making right now, Open up the scriptures and trust God to guide you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Even when it feels weird, even when it goes against the prevailing winds of the culture, obey God, trust his precepts. Number two, I think this uh, passage also is telling us that we need to have confidence not only in God's precepts, but also have confidence in his providence. Trusting God means that you have confidence, you put all of your weight on his providence. What is providence? I came with a definition. Providence is God, from moment to moment, upholding, guiding, and caring for his creation by his ever-present and almighty power. It's from an old creed. Providence is God upholding, guiding, and caring for his creation. 
from moment to moment. In other words, God is in control of his world. There's a tension in the Proverbs between your choices and God's providence. Because on the one hand, uh, Proverbs tells you that your choices matter. As uh, Albert Camus said, your life is the sum of all of your decisions. Uh, you, you, You make choices every day and they have very real consequences. We are not robots, we are not puppets. We, We make choices, some of them not good, for which we will bear full responsibility. Uh, If you are lazy, chances are you'll lose your job. If you're not wise with your words, chances are you might lose your marriage, or at least a good marriage. Uh, If you're an angry person, chances are you won't have a lot of friends. Your choices matter. Uh, They have very real consequences. You are not a robot. And yet, There's a tension in the Proverbs because the Proverbs also says that God is bigger than your choices. That that although you make all these decisions in life and they're kind of building a life for you, ultimately God directs your steps. Let me give you some Proverbs that kind of show this. Uh, So for example, uh, this is Proverbs, um, drop my glasses here. Proverbs 16, nine says this, the heart of a man plans his way. So you make plans, You've, you plan your way, you strategize, but the Lord establishes his steps. See the tension there? Here's another one. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Right, you're making all your plans, but ultimately God is in control of his world. Let me give you one more. This is Proverbs 21, 31. The the horse is made ready for the day of battle. You better get your horse ready for the day of battle. You better prepare. You better make wise decisions. You better get ready for that battle. But the victory belongs to the Lord. Do you see the tension? Our choices matter, but God is in control. Wise people learn how to live in this tension. Uh, You've got to prepare You've got to make really good choices. But at the end of the day, you do not control the outcome. There are some things in this world that are beyond your control. And wise people understand that the things they cannot control are not at the mercy of random circumstance, but are in the hands of a loving creator who is ordering, upholding, and caring for his creation. Trust God's providence Foolish people try to control what they can't control, and it makes them anxious and nervous, and it freaks them out. Wise people know that once I've done everything I can do, I leave the outcome to God. And let me, can I be honest with you with a couple situations in my life where I've had to do this? So I, I've had to do this with parenting. I'll be honest, I worry about my kids. I worry about their, their health. I worry about their, their mental and social development. I worry about, you know, their future. And listen, I, I need to do all that I can to take care of them. I feed them good food, and I'm trying, we're trying to teach them so well, and we're trying to prepare them for life. But at the end of the day, I've got to give my kids into God's hand. There's only so much that I can do. And if I try to control the outcome, it just makes me anxious. Because there's certain things in life you cannot control, but you can leave them into the hands of a faithful creator. Trust God's providence. Put your weight on him. Put your most valuable and precious 
people in his hands. Another example is with sermons. You guys may not know this, but I've, over the years, been, had a lot of anxiety around sermons. I love preaching, but it also is the most anxious part of my job because I want to preach good ones. And so I prepare, and I work so hard to do it well, but some of them are great, and some of them, at least I think they are, <laughs> and some of them just don't turn out the way I want them to. And I was reading a book on preaching by Tim Keller, and he said, at the very beginning of this book, he said, I could teach you how to preach a good sermon, but I can't teach you how to preach a great sermon. He said, good sermons, you know, you just work on your transitions, and you practice it, and you work on your sentences, and your word choice, and how to turn a phrase. But he says, you can do all of that, and the sermon, it'll be okay, but, but only God could make a sermon great. You can't control that outcome. And so I'm learning to trust God with my sermons. I do as much as I can, but I'm not going to have anxiety about that which I cannot control. Trust in the Lord. Put your confidence in his good providence. This is why Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Listen, he's saying that a wise person knows what he or she cannot control. And they're not all anxious about these things, but they know that just as God cares about the birds, and just about how, just the way God clothes, clothes the flowers, He's going to take care of us. If you believe that your destiny was completely set by your choices, you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning, right? I love what Tim Keller said. This is a great little quote. He says, uh, What fool, knowing how little we know, would want to live in a universe where our future is completely fixed by our choices? And luckily, God is bigger than your choices. And you can prepare, and you can do all that you can do, but ultimately, you've got to learn how to rest your life in his good hands. There's a wonderful prayer by uh, Reinhold Niebuhr. Uh, he was a, an old theologian, and this prayer has become famous in the uh, AA movement, people that have gone through Alcoholics Anonymous, about kind of this balance between choices and God's providence. And the prayer goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Lord, help me after I've worked to do everything that I know to do to just relax in your loving arms. Trust in God's providence. Put all your confidence in him. And then finally, I think that uh, what he's saying here is we must trust in God's promise. Notice uh, these verses, uh, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Uh, this is an exhortation that has a promise attached to it. Trust in the Lord, and there will be a certain result. Trust in the Lord. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. Give all of your life to him. And what's going to happen? What's the promise? He will make your path straight. Now, this is a, a wonderful promise, but you need to trust this promise. 
Because the, the promise is not immediately visible. He, if you trust him, he's going to make your path straight, but you're not going to see it, autom- it's not going to be immediately visible. Because listen, this, this is not a promise about prosperity. This is not like trust the Lord and obey, trust and obey, for this is the only way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. All right, he's not saying if you do that, God's going to make you wealthy. You just obey God and he's going to reward you with lots of wealth or success or prosperity or, or, or something like that. That's not exactly what this is saying because we all know that there are people that, that obey God and trust him and yet we're poor. I mean, think of Jesus, right? It's not also, also, it's not a promise that if you trust God, he will make your path straight. If you trust God, everything in life is going to go smooth for you. No suffering, no death, no hardship. Just trust God. He's going to take care of you, meaning nothing bad will ever happen to you. That's not right. So many people in this church trust God with all your heart, and yet you're, you have hard lives with struggle. That's not the promise. The promise isn't even if you trust the Lord, with every decision you make, it's going to be like a straight arrow. You're going to know the right thing to do all the time. It's going to be lined out in front of you. Sometimes you trust the Lord, and you still look at the decision and think, I have no idea. I don't know what to do. The way is not straight. It's dark, and it's still unclear, and I don't know what to do. What is the promise for? What does he mean, make your path straight? Well, I think he's saying that the ultimate outcome of your life will be straight. The ultimate outcome as you look back upon your life will be that, you know what, I trusted the Lord and I followed his, his directives and I, and I gave my life to him and I don't regret one bit of it. One commentator said, one has to view the course of one's life from a bird's eye view, not from a worm's eye view to see this truth. As a port- Portuguese proverb says, says God, writes with a, with straight, God writes straight with crooked lines. So you trust the Lord, and your, my, your life may be all over the place and difficult, and, and this and that happens. It is not immediately visible, but, it, but at the end of it all, a person who has trusted God and given their life to him will never, ever regret it. One of my favorite movies um, is our recent movies <clears throat> was uh, Indiana Jones, uh, The Holy Grail. And uh, we, we introduced our kids to the Indiana Jones movies recently, but there's one scene in that movie, it's gonna come up here on our, on our screen. Can you see that? Yeah. Sort of. Uh, this is the last scene in the movie. Do you remember this? He's going, they're finding the Holy Grail, and, and Indiana Jones gets to this chasm and he, he's thinking, there's no way to get across. I don't know how to get there. And there, I don't see the way. I don't know what to do. How do I get across? And the thing is, the, it's, a bri- it's, an invis- it's an invisible bridge. You see it. And what he needs to do is just take the first step like this. He's got to put his weight on it before he discovers it's there. And Proverbs is kind of like that. It's saying, hey, you put your weight on the Lord. And you say, no, I want to know that it's all going to work out, that, it all, that at the end of my life I'm going to be, no, just step by step. You put your weight on the Lord. And when you get to the other side and you're in that room with the Holy Grail, you're at the end of your life, the old Grail Knight will say, you have chosen wisely. 
You don't want to hear him say, you have chosen unwisely. My uncle, I told you about him last week, or two weeks ago, he had a Parkinson's-like disease, and he recently passed away. Hospice, really soon after that, he passed away. And uh, I watched his funeral online, and, and I, you know, one of the things I love about funerals is you get to see a life with hindsight. That's right. And hindsight is 2020. And what I love about my uncle is when he was 40, he made, he made lots of money. He sold a business at 40, retired. He retired to go be a missionary. And he could have just kept on going and making lots of money, but he just felt like this is what God is calling me to do, and he followed the Lord. I don't know what it felt like for him to make that decision in the moment. I do know that when we look back at his life, one of the most beautiful things about it is how he served the Lord. And from the end, you can see that his paths were made straight. Trust the Lord. With his precepts, he knows what's right for you. Listen to him. Trust, trust the Lord's providence. Your choices matter, but at the end of the day, your, hand is in the, your, your life is in the hands of a, of a loving creator God. And number three, trust the Lord, the Lord's promise in this verse that if you trust and obey, you will never regret it. Let me just end like this. How do I know that I could trust the Lord? How do I know that I could trust the Lord? Well, I love that in these verses it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the word for Lord there is not a generic name for God. It's the word Yahweh. A God has a name, and that name has a history. And it's a history that is incredibly trustworthy. And he's, the, the Proverbs is not saying, put your hands into the, the being out there that you know nothing about. It's saying, put your life in the hands of a God who parted the Red Sea. Of a God who rescued his people out of Egypt. Of a God who provided for his people in the desert. And as Christians, we look back and we see the God who gave everything he had for us in Jesus. And he says, I love you. I'm competent. I've created you. I wrote the instruction manual for the human. And my character is trustworthy. You can depend upon me. And I love you. I care for you because I gave my son for you. And he stretches out his hands and he says, trust me. And you can do that. You know, the, one of the most foolish things you can do is trust an untrustworthy person. One of the smartest things you can do is trust a God who is trustworthy. It's, it's not only right to trust God, it's smart. Trust him. Trust him with your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a God who is eminently trustworthy. Lord, you are a rock. You are a fortress. Uh, the wise run into you and are safe. And so, God, we, this morning, as your people, God, we want to voice again that we trust you. We, not just saying that we trust you. God, we put our, our weight on you. No matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, no matter what may seem right or what may, might seem wrong, Lord, we, God, we want to, to fully, with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, entrust our lives to you. And Lord, thank you for the promise that you will make our path straight. In Jesus' name we pray.